0: The following segment contains content that is both medical and adult in nature. It is not appropriate for young listeners. Discretion is advised. You're listening to Reach MD, the channel for medical professionals. In 1959, Masters and Johnson opened the first clinic for the treatment of sexual disorders. The treatment pioneered by Masters and Johnson was both innovative and controversial. The basic premise was to treat couples, focusing on the relationship rather than on the sexual dysfunction. What is new in the past 45 years is that there has been careful studies of human sexual responses. The result is that people now feel entitled to effective sexual function. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Shera Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Domina Renshaw. Dr. Renshaw is a professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Loyola University of Chicago, Maywood, and director of the Sexual Dysfunction Clinic there. She is the author of many articles and books on the topic. Today we are discussing issues in female sexual dysfunction. Great to have you with us today, Dr. Renshaw. My pleasure. You know, there's been relatively little discussion of female sexual dysfunction in the media or even in the literature these past years.
1: Why is that? Because we've had so little real research. On this topic, we've had lots of peculiar headlines. There was a time when we had the G-spot and everybody was looking for this G-spot, which we haven't found at Lyola. We're looking for it from gynaecology, urology, surgery everywhere. We haven't found it. And it's been really a controversial area. Then someone will come up with a sudden new aphrodisiac and people will call in and say, is there really an aphrodisiac and we don't have one? And The research is both difficult and expensive, and there are very few grants that give money for studying sexuality in general, but there certainly has been much more research by urology clinicians than there has been by gyne clinicians on the sexual libido-orgasmic response, much more on pain on intercourse and the dyspareunia, which is pain on intercourse, which all the physicians know, has been something that is usually a very transient treatment. Both the primary physician and the gynae will treat it and find if there's an infection and give some kind of medication, insertion, relief. But when there is question of orgasmic response, they shrug and send them to someone who's working in sex therapy.
0: But, you know, men have Viagra. Why is there no Viagra for women? Isn't vasodilatation a common mechanism for arousal?
1: It is a common mechanism, but the vaginal walls are very different from the anastomotic tissue inside of the penis. We have lots of blood vessels surrounding the vagina, which, of course, stretches to let out a 5-pound, 10-pound baby, but... There certainly has been a great disappointment in the Viagra studies, which were prematurely closed and ended. Pfizer put study into uh, to see whether the Viagra would give that vasodilation in females, and it did not do that. So that attempted study has long ago closed and not yielded enough positive results. If a woman is told this is going to work out, and I had one such lady who took her husband's Viagra when it came out in 1998, and then said I had the best orgasm I've ever had in my life, that sentence made Time Magazine and all kinds of people came looking for this. But it was just a placebo response, the excitement of thinking this was going to help me. You know, you've treated over
0: 6,000 couples, correct? That's right. Or more? 3,000 at couples had 6,000 people. people. At the Loyola Sex That's Clinic? Correct. Between 1972 and the present? That's what right. What brings women
1: in to ask for help? The biggest one is when they have persistent pain on intercourse, and some of them come in because they have no desire. And right now, which is part of the last seven or eight years, The commonest presenting symptom, both for women and men, the men was surprising to me, has been lack of interest. And that has a tremendous amount to do with the way we live. We have two career couples. Both of them are working. They're rushing to run a home, to look after children, to do everything else that we want to do and there isn't time for sex. So they hurry up and try to have intercourse rapidly without any warm-up, without any lubrication for the woman. Then she has discomfort and pain when he enters, and she says, hurry up and get it over. And so we have the difficulty between them as a couple, and they come for sex therapy. So what is called HSD, hypoactive sexual disorder, old-fashioned word for saying I'm not interested, is a common feature. When I mentioned that the surprise was that we had males, and the first male came in 1972, a young man who was teaching gym in a school, and he was only interested once a month, and his wife wanted intercourse more frequently. They were in their early 30s. They had two children. And here this healthy young man who ran several miles a week comes in saying I just am not interested So he had put his time and energy in another place but certainly that has become more and more frequent as a presenting cause now the primary physician the in the urology has to scratch a desire disorder to see what's underneath it for the male there may be additional issues like the very rapid ejaculation or very slow ejaculation or he could have a problem because there is a battle between them that they've had a lot of negative feelings, and he withdraws because they've been unable to resolve their conflict. And so conflict resolution is also a very important part of the bedroom.
0: Right, so that carries
1: over into the bedroom. It carries over into the bedroom.
0: You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Shira Johnson, and I am speaking with Dr. Domina Renshaw, and we are discussing presentation and treatment of sexual dysfunction in women. Dr. Renshaw, what is primary anorgasmia? In a your-
1: woman who's never, ever had an orgasm any which way, whether reading a romantic novel, whether masturbation, whether a vibrator, whether intercourse, whether oral sex, In no way has she been able to have a climax. That's primary. If she could before and she was able to climax, but whatever's happening now, she can no longer do this. Then we have to look at what the possible causes are. And the causes may be distraction. She's looking after the kids. She's worried that she hasn't done the lunches. A thousand things get in the way and she's now not able to have a climax because she's distracted. Another factor can be if he's coercive and she's not in the mood, but he insists, and then it's conflict between them that we need to look at.
0: What path do you pursue when a woman says she just has no interest in sex?
1: We check out to see what are the factors that are uh, interfering with it. What was it like for the courtship? If she says to me, I've always not been interested, then you really ask how long they courted and what happened during the courtship and how come having that statement, they finally decided to get married. And of course, I've often said so many of us see the wedding ring as a magic gold piece that if we get married we'll all live happily ever after because now we can be together all the time which is not true it doesn't fix alcoholism it doesn't fix bankruptcy of your partner if he's not working and you feel that you're carrying the load of two jobs both a job and at home because he's watching ball games then we have to look at the other factors that are in the picture.
0: The psychosocial and interaction and relationship issues. But we
1: also have to check out the physical factors. If she's just recovering from chemotherapy and we get many patients who have had cancer treatment and there is scarring and they may have had radiotherapy, which can be a factor, and she needs some months and time to recover from that, we can help educate them medically as well as sexually to say they can have alternatives until there's enough healing that it isn't uncomfortable. The biggest thing you look for when she's not interested in sex is their pain. Pain is counter-erotic. Nobody is going to feel good if there's pain instead of pleasure.
0: And that leads into my next question. What causes dysparunia or painful intercourse? Because primary care doctors have women come in all the time with that as a complaint.
1: It's a very frequent complaint and there are many vaginitis factors that are chronic and need to be checked, may need a culture, may need the appropriate medication for it. And so that's an important one to check. If there's local inflammation, that's usually pretty easy to diagnose for all of the physicians who are going to check her out because that may take 7 days, 14 days until it clears up. If she's pregnant, newly pregnant, she may be very, very worried about having intercourse during pregnancy. It's one of the old stereotypes that that may cause harm to the baby. It does not unless she's bleeding. There's no contraindication for stopping intercourse during pregnancy. You cannot get more pregnant than pregnant. So the husband also needs to be checked or her partner Some men are very uncomfortable. We've had several men say it's like there's another person. Well, we were all once in uterus, and I am sure the whole world doesn't stop having intercourse because mom's pregnant, and so we need to discuss those issues, and many of the stereotypes get in the way.
0: Tell me, are women more reluctant to talk about their sexual complaints or symptoms than men are? It
1: depends. I see a lot more men just because... So many urologists or family physicians don't spend any length of time in the hurry-up medical culture that we have now. It's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, next patient. And if they have more questions, they will come. They may be more comfortable, as all men, of course, have gone to mum when they've got troubles. And so I'm an older lady. They may see me as comfortable to discuss their problems, but some of them will be uncomfortable with that. I have to reassure them and to listen a little more carefully to make them feel more comfortable. But women are much more ready to bring this up to the gynecologist, particularly if the gynecologist is a woman gynecologist. Some of them will, of course, depending on their religious background, not want to go to a male gynecologist and so they will select a a woman and tell the troubles not only of themselves but their husband and their children i have many women who make the first complaint about the husband's symptom to their doctor and then the physician might have to send them both to get counseling together
0: i want to thank dr domina renshaw from the department of psychiatry at loyola university who has been our guest today and we have been discussing sexual dysfunction in women. I am Dr. Shera Johnson. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you for listening.